episode nine of High Fantasy, a member of the Broken Jars Network. And today we're going to be talking about characters after we apologize for November. We uh, had things scheduled. We canceled one of the episodes because multiple people were sick. And then we had another one scheduled that we actually recorded. And then it got lost into oblivion. Yes, I'm the sorry. The program froze midway through and I didn't realize it. Yeah, but regardless, November sucked. And fuck November. Uh, but Colin was awesome because he beat NaNoWriMo. How many words did you eventually get to? Like 55. Wow. That nice. gave up. <laughs> yeah. We recorded on the 27th and you were at like 51 or something. And then it's like, yeah, okay, you did it. You're good. And, and that's uh, about how I kept my writing going. Hey, I did it already. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Have was, you been productive uh, since then? Has anyone been productive? I, I've been a bit productive. Uh, <laughs> getting things moving. With Corex, finally, finally getting out of a bridge section, and now I can get back into a set piece section, and you know, write interesting things about trains and going really fast and stuff. Going really fast in the story while going really fast on a train is an <laughs> allegory. I don't know. <laughs> but at least it, we, we, you, you kind of know what the train scene is since you've read the short story, so. But I'm going to take that and expand it considerably. Well, the, what I've seen on the train was actually very different than I think you have. Because what I have read so far of the new stuff has a lot of the bulk of what happened in the train just mashed up and put in different pieces. Mm. And I liked it better. So it's like, I'm actually not sure what's going to be on the train scene. Well, yeah, but you kind of have an idea of where it is in the story. I'm not entirely sure what's going to be in the train scene, but it's going to be interesting. <laughs> Yeah. And you'll have my editorial comments eventually. I haven't done anything with it. Hey, you got all this free time. <laughs> I know, but I'm also like, so it's terrible. Of, I'm bored and uninterested in doing everything. So I do nothing. So I'm bored and I stay uninterested in everything. And it's terrible. And I haven't written anything. And oh my God, I suck. But hey, if you do my stuff, at least you get paid for it. So. <laughs> yeah. That's, I, I should do that at some point and get paid. Because I've got like. But, at least another hundred pages to send you. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's just, uh, let's, let's talk about characters now. And if this episode seems like thrown together in ten minutes, it's because it was. I'm so sorry. We're pros. We don't do that kind of stuff here. <laughs> we, we did characters before. It was episode four, if anyone needs to go back and listen. And we hope that we won't be repetitive. But there were obviously things that we didn't get to. But basically, let's talk about side characters and, you know, not the big obvious points that we talked to about last time. Um, so do you, do you guys have any, like, tips or, like, perspectives when you're making a side character versus a main character? For me, side characters a lot of times can be more single dimensional. You know, they can they can be personality traits instead of full-fledged characters. You know, uh, it kind of depends on, like, when you say side character, are you talking like like a Karen Murphy kind of character or like a, you know, Marcone kind of character? How do we use well, Dresden for everything? Well, all three of us have read it, so it's a good reference point. And probably a decent amount of our listeners have also read it. Um, like, is Butters like, a side character or is he a main I'd character? Say, 
Butters is more of a side character than Murphy or Marcone, I'd say. Uh, okay. Michael, I'd say, is more of a side character than either of them because he's in fewer books. Well, but even I don't then, know about that's Butters, a good though. example because Michael, I mean, he's fleshed out as a character, but he is very, he's not an overly dynamic character. He doesn't change much. He's more of just a personality with a backstory than an actual person. Sort of. Dad, have you read the short stories? I have not. Okay. It's the short story it's called The Warrior, I think. I forget that. Well, it's when someone decides to kidnap Alicia, Michael's second eldest daughter, and uh, he actually uses curse words. That, that Just to show the gravity of it, Michael swears in that short story. So like he's he's dynamic because he's got a flaw at a very specific point when his family gets threatened when his family is fine then he's like the good michael that we everyone thinks of i could see that but still i mean he's not as dynamic as like a harry or a karen is yeah i'd say that some yeah it's hard to pinpoint who is a side character in dresden because there's so many reoccurring ones everybody but harry but we had this conversation last time yeah the one that got lost into the void it's lost yeah (laughs) Arguing is is Maggie a plot point? Everyone's a plot point. <laughs> Everyone is a plot point, but you know you can also look at side characters as just like you know, <laughs> window dressing almost. Because like Boba Fett, right in Star Wars, he's a he's he's, he's window dressing, but everybody loves him. Yeah, that's that that's a good one. Like, I don't even think he said anything in the original series, right? He was like this voiceless person. Couple lines. Yeah, he's got a couple lines. Yeah. Okay, I don't remember much. Good to me, dead. Uh. And Vader talks to him like no vaporization, and he's like, "Uh oh. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, It's been a while since I watched those. Um, I like Boba Fett for as little appearance as he has. It's the reaction of the characters around him that tells you everything. Yeah, and it's like. I don't know, maybe like his his motivation seems one dimensional. He's just a bounty hunter. That's it. But his reactions of everything do point to him being a full fleshed person, which is really good. And uh now it's coming to mind is like we had this short discussion on of Doom on the episode that got lost. Um about like the character that you play, it's not a role playing game. Not exactly. It's very straightforward. You go through here, you shoot the monsters and you have a purpose. You don't have a, a face, you don't have a voice or name, if I said that. Um, but once in a while, the character that you're playing shows personality and how willing he is to destroy very valuable things and piss off the very valuable or rich person on the other side of the com. And it's hilarious. But it's very small things that you can do to show a lot of personality. And you need to use that a lot for side characters because you can have more time with bigger characters i think yeah so i I guess in you know just in general fandom reaction for side characters you got to be careful that you're not trying to write the backup quarterback story he's just but so many times you're in fandom and i was like oh yeah screw the main character this side character he's the best you know just like a lot of people are with like the backup quarterback like oh he would totally be better than our starter yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> can't speak about 
uh, football much, but I had a friend in high school that wrote a lot of uh, fan fiction of Death Note. And in particular, she stuck talking about Mello and this dude's friend, Matt. And I kept wondering, why are you so obsessed with Matt? Because in the story, he has, he's like in like two chapters and then he's dead. Why do you care about him so much? And what she explained is that because he's in there so little, but he's still in there, she can write a ton about him and nothing can contradict her. (laughs) It's sort of the, the, the firefly effect, like firefly and like a lot of side characters, they're around just long enough to like get to know them and they leave before they start annoying you. It's like that really like (laughs) really cute girl you met in college and then she like left or graduated and like she wasn't around long enough for you to hate her, but you know, she was hot and nice to you. So you like her a lot, (laughs) but there's nothing negative to think about. TV shows have that going for them in the, you only have to make an interesting character who just lasts for an hour. That's all you have to get through. I hate that though. I hate, (laughs) Like, um, thinking about Dresden, the Justin Faust TV show was supposed to be a serial thing in which they followed the stories of the books and they would have put like the first two books in one season, make it kind of longer and stuff. But what happened is that they made it episodic. And so there was one book for Stormfront or one season or episode for Stormfront. And they shoved it all in there and it kind of sort of stuck to the storyline, but not really. And then there was one that was kind of like, uh, full moon but not really but like every single episode had new characters and they all had to be interesting and then they left it's like eventually you're gonna run out of people in chicago eventually you will run out of all eight million people in chicago and it just annoyed me to be fair that was a pretty poorly done show (laughs) they tried and then they got fucked up (laughs) and karen murphy was like 510 i'm like nope she wasn't five ten. She's more like five five. She was still pretty tall compared to. She was also not Irish, and not blonde. Yeah, and was a what? divorced single mother. What? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not really the Dresden Files. And Bob was a person. Bob wasn't. Bob was a person. Like, but you, I, I, I'm, I'm okay with Bob being a person because That's it's a little bit harder for them to show all of the personality of Bob in a skull. Versus you have a little bit more flexibility of showing character in a book. He like Harry's so, roommate? Uh, he uh, he had a skull. He had to be in a certain distance of a skull. But he'd also kind of like animate outwards as Terrence Mann and be <laughs> snarky and stylish and British. And it was awesome. <laughs> See, Bob's a good and interesting side character to look at because he's really, I mean, he's snarky. And that's all he really does is be snarky. But he's also there for a lot of exposition. Oh, yeah. You know, he's there like... Hey, we need to move the plot along, so let's go visit Bob. You know, mm-hmm. it's like I need info. Give me Bob, and it works. Um, or you know, Harry has no practical way of figuring something out on his own. So here's his magical. Theory. Yeah, uh, he described him in Deadbeat as Porta Geek. I like it. <laughs> Porta Geek. <laughs> yeah, basically the replacement for a computer because Harry can't have one. And so right. it's just how you get a ton of information. But it is show that side characters are used for exposition in a ton of ways. Like, Bob is smarter than Harry, and therefore Bob tells Harry things. But Harry is more knowledgeable about ma- magic than Karen is. So Harry tells Karen about magical things. And in all various ways, the reader gets as much information as they need to know. 
I do remember I, for the first like five books, Butcher had the same conversations of him, Harry explaining magic over and over again, every book. Really? I didn't notice that. Like the first time it's like, okay, the reader doesn't know how magic works. But by the fifth book, we get it. He's still telling people how it works. Or like the computer thing. He'll constantly mention it, that he can't go near things, electronics. I suppose. I mean, he does constantly like describe the beetle as being not blue, even though he calls it the blue beetle. And I mean, sometimes I enjoy the way he does that. Like every time he describes his lab, it changes. And I'm really interested in that. <laughs> every time he describes the beetle, there's more damage to it. But I just got tired of hearing about it. I didn't care when that thing died, but I cared when he his apartment burned down because he lost his Star Wars poster. <gasps> in Little Chicago. Well, we're not so sure about that one. <laughs> but the Star Wars poster, man. So what about uh, non-character characters like the Blue Beetle or the Millennium Falcon? These things um, are kind of characters, but they're not. Hmm. They're characterful accessories, I guess. But a lot of people, they relate to like the Falcon or, a, you know, this inanimate object that flies like X-Wings or something, you know. Mm. Star Wars takes li- like lightsabers are something that are self-explained and signify so much just when they're on screen. And they are very, I mean, you almost get the feeling with the way Star Wars is done that the lightsabers are almost alive. Like there, There is some force presence inside of them. And they tell you everything you need to know about the character who has them. Yeah. I always thought that was weird and a little dumb. It's like, if all you need to know is that the character is a bad guy because he has a red lightsaber, it's like, geez, <laughs> just change the color. <laughs> True. But, I mean, when I grew up, my mom told me that, like, they have to make them. She probably got this from the Expanded yeah. Universe books. They have to build them themselves. Therefore, you can control them. They're just mechanical, right? And you can change yeah. the color. Why are the bad guys always red? Because probably because they get their crystals from wherever they get their crystals from. Oh, they have crystals inside of them? Yes. Yeah, that's what defines the color. Oh. See, I only watch the movies. My mom's the one that <laughs> read the books. She never told me that. Damn it, Mom. Okay, am I going to be on Wikipedia for the rest of the day now? <laughs> it's happened before. Okay. I mean, this character things. But then there's also, like, characters who, like, really, really attach to their guns. Jacob. Yes. That, uh... <laughs> I mean, naming your gun is a little... It's a little weird. It's also a little expected, I think, of those type of tropey characters. Not to say it's bad, but... Jane. Well, to be fair, this gun's been named for, like... 700 years, I mean. I mean, I don't know. Means, swords always have names. Swords always have names. I know, I don't have a single named sword in any of my stories. Well, that's why they suck. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Granted, I'm not even really, a fantasy story. One thing that's missing that would fix everything. <laughs> I need to name something. Yes, this futuristic sci-fi <laughs> aliens attacking needs a named sword. Yes. <laughs> Exactly. It'd be some kind of like sword made out of light since you're in the future. It's not that much in the future. It's twenty seventies. So you can't make sabers in the twenty seventies? Uh um I think I, there's 
the thing about accessories like this, I think they show character personality depending on how it is. Like you see a guy in a really expensive, well taken care of, like highly polished car that you could do your makeup in. I mean, I could do my makeup in. Fuck you guys. That like you, it tells you a lot about the character. And then like you see how he's dressed. Is he like actually really rich and is someone else is taking care of it probably, or is he actually really poor and he's taking care of it because it's his pride and joy. It tells you a lot. Yes, it does. And I think that's like the joke with like the Millennium Falcon of like it's a piece of junk, or like no, it's not. <laughs> oh, it is, but Han Solo loves it. It's super fast. Does he love it because it's fast, or is it fast because he loves it? Yes. <laughs> it's the answer to the question this. is maybe. <laughs> well, he loves it because it's an extension of who he is. true yeah. smuggling vessel that smuggles for a smuggler mm -hmm. yeah. also, I mean, it also kind of depends on which accessory it is because if you're thinking about dresden again um they have to make all of their stuff so like harry's staff might not work for anyone else because he made it for him and therefore it's obviously very personal right but the staff is just a focus i mean it's not inherently magical in and of itself well, his, his later one kind of is. Yeah, he kind of does some room work and whatnot. Yeah, like like his rings and all of that. Like, they've got their stuff in it. He gets, awesome. like, seriously technical as the series goes on. Like, he just starts busting out everything. Sort of. I mean, like, everything up until changes, and then he loses everything, and then he has to, like, do it raw without any focuses, which was cool. <laughs> There is a reason I have a Justin podcast. I need to not do it on this one. <laughs> Go listen to that hey, one. I broke good examples. Good examples. <laughs> All right. I mean, what's like the side character that you hate the most? Hate the hate most? Them? Oh, Dobby. Dobby? You're <laughs> <laughs> literally Satan. <laughs> I just find him annoying. He never got to the end, though. He uh, stopped yeah. at like book four. But even in the movies, he's annoying as fuck. <laughs> I mean, the house elves are just kind of creepy to begin with. Yeah, I, I don't. That doesn't mean do they not... don't have feelings. <laughs> I do not like Dobby. There you go. Oh I'm yeah, you us. never read book five. That's when like there's Dobby and what was the other one? Creature. No, no, Barty Crouch's oh, one. Um, the sad one. Something with a W. I don't know. She's wimpy, but. She was a girl, and she was uh, cast out, and she was absolutely horrified and depressed. She became a drunk, and like, Dobby's trying to oh, take right. care of her. And there was, yeah, that... In, Winky. Winky! Yeah. In in book five, they're showing the aftermath of book four, and Dobby and Winky are, like, stuck together because they're friends, and both of them are cast out, but Winky's depressed about it, and Dobby's thrilled about it, and, like, the playing off of each other is... It was interesting. <laughs> it, maybe read book five. I did, I mean, the uh, Free the House Elves arc, and was that book four? With Hermione wanting the whole House Elves are all enslaved. and I think it was multiple books, honestly. The one when she had the whole... House Elf Liberation Front? Yeah. That, I don't uh, know that just annoyed, annoyed me as a plot line. I don't know. Because a lot of, I mean, 
now that the series is done, people are doing what the Dresden people are doing, or probably were preceding it, and then like having to argue about it, the lore and everything. So people are saying that the entire story is allegory for racism. with like the mudblood. It's also the same thing going on with the I mean, elves. Yes, it exists, but I'm not sure that's the point of the story. I, I vaguely like, remember reading people arguing on Reddit about it that that was kind of confirmed, that it was supposed to be allegory for that. But I'm not really certain. I mean... I'm like 5% certain. That makes sense. I also really dis- dislike Toot Toot. In dislike the Files. The fairy? Toot Toot? Why? I don't know. I, just, I think it's the voice. You just don't uh, like little Oh, because creatures. you don't read the books and you only listen to them. Oh. Uh, so he yeah, doesn't yeah. like the voice, he doesn't like the character. Hey, so you I mean, Stephen like Fry doing the voices in Harry Potter was awesome. I just don't like Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> I just don't like Dobby uh, very much. I think he's an annoying character that doesn't need to be in there. I think you missed a lot of his growth. So, um, yeah, and then if you have a heart, then... Uh, you'll cry about him, right? You have to have a heart to have that. So, <laughs> so what about no you, question. Alex? What are some char- side characters you just despise? Uh, <coughs> I'm not really certain because it's depending on, like, is it the character I hate because he was just badly made or character I hate because he's an asshole? doesn't matter. <laughs> the character I hate because he's an well, asshole at the moment that comes to mind is Rudolph from, uh, yeah, Justin. Who's Rudolph? Uh, Rudolph, the brown-nosed reindeer that got out of SI and internal mm-hmm. investigations, and then right. he's making life hell for Karen. Mm-hmm. Which, yeah, Jim, Jim's told us that it was uh, just you know normal human things of why he was so angry. At SI, and not anything magical. Therefore, he's just an asshole. <laughs> um, can't really think of a character that was I hate because it was badly made. Because I usually just like, delete them from my mind. I don't want to think about <laughs> them anymore. Although, actually, I just thought of something that was really uh, it was annoying. I stopped reading a book because the character, the main character, was annoying. And I think the side characters suffered from it as well. It was called Bad to the Bone. It was some urban fantasy thing taking place in Portland. And How did my that mom... name not get vetoed on Arrival? Say again? How did that name not just get vetoed by whoever I... is in charge of that? I don't know. But uh, let's see. The, the point that stood out to me that like confirmed that I, I definitely should have stopped reading the book it's because my mom finished it because my mom's a masochist and she told me about the ending. And at one point, this tall, strong, empowered woman got saved by her boyfriend and he just said, okay, stay here. I'm going to go get help. And then he left. And she decided she's not like someone who can depend on a man for help. She left the like circle of protection because she's her own person. She's not going to like depend on a man. And then she got into trouble because she did such the stupidest thing ever of putting herself in danger when she absolutely knew she couldn't protect herself. And it's just, I, I can't, I'm so glad I stopped reading that book. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe it was magic to the bone. I don't know. It's something to the bone. It took place in Portland. That sounds awful. 
<laughs> it was terrible. Oh, yeah. It was the thing that, like, was, like, the big strike against the book that I couldn't, like, stomach was that the main character, strong, empowered woman, had no money. She had $5 to her name. She spent $5 on coffee when she knew she didn't have enough money to pay rent. And all she needed to do to get money was go say sorry to daddy. Or become a prostitute. You know, that'd work too. Yeah, but her her biggest problem is daddy. It's just, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Scotland, what about you? You don't think you've given us any characters you just hate, like side characters you hate? <laughs> I hate to use him again, but, well, we lost that episode anyway, so... Oh, Quentin. Who was Quentin again? He, Game of Thrones, uh, Dance with Dragons, he... Oh, yeah! Side character who has four chapters to his name, and the book's five years old at this point, and he promptly dies at the end <laughs> yeah, of his four see. chapters. Um, Quentin is the younger brother of another character... He's got some drama because his father wants him to inherit, even though his, the older sister should be the one to inherit. And then Quentin goes off to find Daenerys and marry her, and then he dies. There you go. There's no reason for him to exist. To be fair, his father planned on marrying his older daughter to, um, what's his name, Viserys, so she would have been queen of the kingdom. Yeah. It wasn't like he just doesn't like his daughter and hates that they're... Yeah, it kind of stopped... Yeah reading yeah. when she came, came in because I was tired of slogging through them. <laughs> yeah, There's Quentin so sails much. off to go marry Daenerys, tries to impress her by handling her dragons and promptly gets murdered by said dragons. That's the entire summation of his arc. And So you, you dislike him because he's useless? Yes. Okay. Because at the very least, you get to see him die. <laughs> <laughs> no, he like suffers for a couple oh. chapters of other people talking about how he's just slowly dying and then he eventually just dies. Oh, okay. It's not even swift. It gets dragged but out because everything gets dragged out with Martin. For books that eat. are already very large, very complicated with lots of characters, he just stood out as one more character that really didn't need to be there. Yeah, there's a lot of those. Yeah. I mean, it, this, it, there was a character in it that I really liked, but how Martin handled her made me stop reading it because I really liked, uh, what was her name? Brienne. Yeah. I really like Brienne as a person. When she's with uh, fucking, what's his name? Jamie. I'm sorry, guys. I'm terrible with names right now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, She's interesting because they're playing off of each other and they're showing the contrast, and that's fun. That's what characters should do, showing contrasts. And then she's just running <laughs> around on her own trying to find the daughters, and she's just nothing but travel and nothing but, like, moving on, talking to persons, same three questions over and over and over again. And her chapters are the main reason I stopped reading because nothing was happening. The only part of her chapters after that I liked was when she was with Nimble Dick. Because she's constantly questioning this guy and thinking. I think I even got to the point that he was with her. It's just like I, I can't handle the repetitiveness. Yeah, she just constantly questions this guy who's supposedly leading her somewhere, and turns out he did exactly what he said he would do, and 
she feels bad because he died and she was wrong about him. She's wrong about lots of things. That's a good character trait, I guess. It's just... God, you it badly. <laughs> Ooh. The, yeah, the paranoia. Paranoia is fun. True. It can be very fun to write, yes. And then there's like paranoia about being paranoid. <laughs> Cersei doesn't have that problem. <laughs> She's happy with her paranoia. I liked watching Cersei. Or like, it felt like watching versus reading because it's like kind of just taking this backseat and watching the person destroy themselves. <laughs> yeah, even when fun. you're in her chapters, you don't feel like you're in her point of view. You feel like you're still outside the pages, just watching someone. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it spiral. And yeah, it was just like a. You can see what the other characters are doing, trying to help her, and she distrusts them to the point that she just destroyed her entire existence. And it's like, goddamn, it was fun. A little bit that I read. <laughs> so, characters, side characters, lots of characters. They're really good if you're contrasting them against each other because they're fun. That's how you get things like banter, like Thomas and Harry. They're hilarious. Uh, I was just gonna say because we were on that topic, but um. Kevin Lannister, yeah, the tiny amount of stuff he does is—he's got like the sickest burns in the Seven Kingdoms. What did Some he say? His, um, when he said that Joffrey had a lot of his mother in him and his father too, referring to Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> and then he said something else. What did he say? But just I love how since you're in Cersei's point of view. She's just describing her cousin, uncle, whatever he is, as a useless idiot. Mm. But she's still saying, like, describing what he's doing. And he's like, okay, he's doing the right things. She's just crazy. Too dumb to to notice it. Yeah. She wanted, basically, if you haven't, they don't know it or haven't read it or whatever. (laughs) She wanted to keep all of the power in the family to the point that she was burning all of the bridges. And he kept saying... No, give it to the guy that you don't trust, and then he has to help to work you, or has to work to help you. Dear God. <laughs> and and uh, she just distrusted it to the point everything fell apart around her. Oh, that's what he said. She said, uh, the king is my son, and he responded, I, and from what I've seen of Joffrey, you're as unfit a mother as you are a ruler. <laughs> Yay. Burns. Mm. so uh last time we got into this argument about characters being plot devices and we kind of got specifically on pregnancies oh god surprise pregnancies i hate them yeah i (laughs) fucking hate them i straight up quit watching gilmore girls because of it like like it was it season seven when the when mm. you find out that you know Luke had a kid and it's like oh god it's plop like like we binged the first six seasons in like two weeks like we were hardcore binging that happened I was like nope I'm done turned it off my wife was pissed I was like I don't care nope this is stupid I, not can't do it anymore I, I do remember watching a lot of Gilmore Girls and like yeah I think that you can kind of call that a turning point because after that point. The characters started doing really stupid shit, yeah. things that they shouldn't have done. Well, and they never would have done, but they tried to use this child as a catalyst for being stupid. And that's generally how 
that works. I mean, he even kind of works that way in Dresden Files, where you know, I don't, I don't think he did the the whole I'm the pregnancy thing with Susan terribly, but it is a catalyst for Harry to be really, really dumb, and I dislike that. I wouldn't say dumb, dumb. for Harry. I'd just say reckless and catastrophic, but not necessarily dumb. Tomato, tomato. I mean, he wiped out an entire court. Yeah, he he uh, achieved the goal. He protected his little girl, and then he just didn't care about what happened afterward until he had to deal with what happened afterward. Uh, Well, he did simply plan on avoiding the afterward. Yeah. Yeah. That just makes me happy. <laughs> All of it. <laughs> like, you thought you could get away. No, I didn't. Um, what other surprise pregnancies are there? But it's weird if you call Susan's a surprise pregnancy because in in Blood Rights, the book after Susan would have gotten pregnant, Bob makes this joke of you can't like put a spell on a child if you don't have a child. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and I love it. I mean, like I said, like he did it better than most, but I still I hate the surprise pregnancy. I hate it. Like, and when they did it in Scrubs, it was stupid. Uh, yeah, I just I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. Are there any other I books mean, that have surprise pregnancies? Do what? Um, any other books with surprise pregnancies? Actually, I thought of a book that has surprise not pregnancies. Well, sort of like uh. <laughs> Come again for Big Fudge. <laughs> what was the series Robin Hobb Assassin's Apprentice and the, the third book like what's her face was pregnant and then she wasn't and that was terrible remember the princess she was pregnant it was stillborn you told me was this the last book yeah because I didn't read the last book and you told me yeah I had a, I've purged most of that book out of my mind at this oh. point <laughs> well yeah there's the princess woman I cannot remember her name like everything else and <laughs> Like, a lot of things depended on her being pregnant because they needed a child. And then bad things happened in the capital, and she ran away. And in the third book, you find out the baby was stillborn, which is terrible. And then the things go about happening to make her pregnant again. What was the queen's name? I don't know. Yeah, because you never read those books. No, I did not. <laughs> the first two are worth it. Oh, the I second gotta... book is amazing. Katrickin? Yeah, Ketchikin. Yeah. Ketchikin. Oh, right. Like, oh, she was fun. Does Verity count as a side character? Probably, since he's like not in anything. Wait, but, Verity. Oh, Verity. The, the for, good uncle. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he was awesome. <laughs> the last book, his... <laughs> okay, I'll qualify my statement. He was awesome in book two. Yeah. I mean, book two was fantastic. That's amazing. Book three needed a knife about halfway through to just cut and then redo the whole first half. <laughs> it was too long. But like Verity, he's off on his quest to find the mm-hmm. solution to the Wretched Raiders. And he's like he's making a dragon thing. And he like he has no personality because he's like enthralled with what he's doing in the last book. When mm-hmm. he finally when Fitz finally gets there. 
and then they magically figure out what they need to do to wake the dragons, and they run around and do it, and he flies off into a dragon or something, and done. Over. I mean, it kind of... Uh, we're getting into lore about a book series I didn't fully read, but, like, it just fits. He's... It, it, one of the names that he gets is Changer, right? and Fitz is, like, the reason that tons and tons of things happen, and so it's like, it kind of... It makes sense to me, on the face of it, that only things happen when he's around because he's a catalyst for everything else multiple characters say so that that i can uh explain that one away but it's just very like change as a character very boring i know some i'm sure some people love the book but i just found the pacing abysmal especially at the end i'm finding the same problem with Amber Crombie, uh, the blade itself. Like I, I've been trying to read this book for like two years, and don't worry. By the time you get to the end, um, I don't really remember anything that happened because (laughs) anything really happened. It sets Um, up for the second one, which I still haven't read. But I mean, people keep saying that the characters aren't the tropes that they look like, and that if you keep reading, all of a sudden it's amazing. But it's like. It seems so predictable, but actually, there's an interesting point about the Robin Hobbs story, the God, what was it called? Whatever. That story is that the the characters that are royalty often have names that are of specific traits. Like, there is <laughs> Verity, and then there was uh, his brother, began with a C, I don't remember his name. Verity and Regal? Chivalry. Uh, uh, oh, it was Chivalry. Chivalry was Fitz's father, and then Chivalry was all suddenly dead. And then, I mean, he had the personality of being what chivalrous happened? as well. Yeah. And then he, like, all of a sudden he has a bastard. It's like, what happened? And it's weird. In Verity, he's a good guy. And then Regal is an asshole because he's trying to be, you know, the Regal person. And it's like, they, they name their royal children after specific traits. And very often they end up fixing with those traits in some various ways and she gets away with it but i'm not sure many other people would true i mean there's charity I mean, she's a great writer yeah but like the, the only other person i could think of that like did it well was charity carpenter <laughs> by the way uh Glockta is yeah. one of the my favorite characters he is good it's just i'm tired of everyone else <laughs> Clock yeah. to makes the books. I've only read the first one, so I should not say that until I finish. Yeah. Um. So, question for y'all. What, like, do you have specific ways you try to name your secondary characters? Because some people, like, they want their names to really mean stuff, and other people are like, it's Tom, you know? Uh, I mean, I think if you're f- wanting your characters to name some, to mean something, the names, then you're missing I like that's not how people get named usually sort of I mean unless you're chivalry and regal and I mean there's this thing if you name a person a human being a thing they'll probably stick to it if you name a person uh, <coughs> regal they might start acting like royalty or trying to because of how a person can mold to their name but if you do the same thing to like a dog dog's not going to change based on what you call it so there's kind of like you just name a dog a thing and have fun with it, like turnip, and you, you'll have 
real fun time with that dog versus like naming a kid something boring and then they'll just be a person or you can actually mold them to a trait if you want them to um so you can kind of fudge it with people but with my main characters i try to have it like make sense in some way sometimes with meaning or sometimes i just trying to explain away why i really like this name i really want this in my book yeah the main side characters, characters are I try little, to keep them yeah. side characters are just i mean unless they would have a reason in the story for having a specific name there's no well need to because as, as Alex can attest to, I'm terrible at naming people in my books. Like, <laughs> awful at it. I can't. I just many look at the news names. and I either look at the news or look at Reddit and look for something that looks like a name, and then that's the new side character I have to try to do. <laughs> it becomes it's different when whatever genre it is, because if it's fantasy and they're like not speaking English exactly, I have to like make it up. I just try to make it sound like a name kind of boring not really fancy but a little bit different in order for it to seem like it fits in the world versus you know real earth at just 50 years in the future i'm just gonna pull from behind the name and just whatever from this country that this person's from and that's it makes sense yeah i've been struggling with that like do i want to have futuristic sounding names or do i just want to have like normal names you know, because my story is about 500 years in the future. It's like, are we going to do the typical sci-fi thing and give people weird names? Or are we just going to, like, call people normal names and see what happens? Or For both? you, I think you should stick to the tone because you also have a character that has a named revolver. <laughs> yeah. And... Well, it's like that you're making it sound much more like a, an old spaghetti western. Therefore, you can make the rest of it sound like that. It's true. It's true. Coherency, <coughs> internal consistency, makes more uh, of, an, of a is more important than overthinking it. I need more caffeine. <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong with naming a revolver, woman? <laughs> it just it stands out when you're talking about space travel. I mean, this train scene you keep talking about, it's a train. It's on Titan. Yeah. You have this mix of old Western and futuristic, and you should, like, make the tone mash up in this in the right way. You've watched Firefly? No, I haven't. You haven't? No. Well, then get to watching. <laughs> <laughs> the one, like, the punk mercenary guy in that has a big gun with a name that he loves. He calls her Vera. <laughs> I'll trade you Vera for. <laughs> <laughs> He's trading a gun for a woman. Not just so. any woman, Christina Hendricks. True. Oh, well, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> Easily won't, you know, won't go there. But anyway. Not <laughs> <laughs> topic of this podcast. Yes. Uh... <laughs> she did make a good side character, though. She made a great side character. How did she do it? Is it is she just being Christina Hendricks or is she actually like a different character? Because it always seems like she's the same person, which is awesome. You know, she's very different from who she played in Mad Men. Oh, I haven't seen that either. I haven't seen Mad Men. Man, it, that show was great for like two and a half seasons and it just <laughs> got terrible. <laughs> kind of like Dexter. <laughs> I don't I have not watched it happily, but I don't think anything can get as weird as Dexter got. <laughs> 
from what I understand, I only made it to about the fourth season and I was like, screw this. Okay. From what I understand, it started out with this really fun dude that's like killing people because he wants to, but he's also like trying not to get caught because he's also working in cop stuff. And that's interesting. And then it ended with him on a boat going off to be a lumberjack. Yeah. With his sister person. So yeah, my my wife finished it and she was very upset. Yeah. But like the first season, you know, it's a really cool concept because he knows he's a mass murderer. Like he knows he's gonna kill people, so he starts killing bad guys. Yeah. Vigilante. People like vigilantes, sort of. I love that argument though. Like <laughs> the the arguments of like is it vigilantes worth it or not? That those are fun arguments to have. Well, ask people in the Philippines right now if vigilantes are good. Right, See, it's what? a fun argument to have. <laughs> what, what, uh, I've missed something. The Philippines? Do you know what's happening there? No, apparently not. Uh, oh, God. Hates everything related to drugs and is leading a giant crusade against drugs and yeah. is encouraging people to go out in the streets and murder anyone they know who uses drugs. And that's what's happening. Oh, wow. So people are being murdered in the streets and just because they were accused of using drugs. Man, so, that's... so he's also pissing off America, saying that they they don't need America's help and they're gonna like try to get. Son of a bitch. Uh huh. And uh, like, serious, like China's that. help and all sorts of things. He's pissing off everyone, and no one wants to deal with him. And the Philippine people are suffering. It's like that but... weird, crazy kid in class, and it's just like he's there, but you just don't acknowledge him. But somehow he became class president. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, I thought of a fun thing to talk about with characters and side characters is the Witcher games because those things are awesome. I fucking love the trolls. Oh god, the trolls—they're—they're they're dumb. They're one-dimensional, sort of, and they're the most entertaining things ever. They talk in this broken English that is amazingly entertaining, and they have like a single-purpose mind whenever they do anything. But they're like. They're like chimps that are a little bit dumber but have more speech. I felt bad. <laughs> and for they're the giant and green. The one on Skellige where the miners went in and all got promptly murdered. And it's like, uh -huh. well, the troll doesn't know better. Uh, I do believe that Geralt eventually, like, I, uh, depending on how you play him, he can become like troll speaker. And he says, <laughs> if you kill more humans, I'm a swish a swash a swunk you. And the troll's like, oh. <laughs> he has I to dump Geralt. down his own speech to talk to a troll <laughs> those are amazing there's the one that is really all for one of the, the army camps and he wants you to, to paint uh, like the sigil the shield and if you do it it's terrible but if he does it it's amazing and he just doesn't think of it as being awesome and he still like has that broken speech no it's so bad it's, it's amazing I love girls <laughs> Those are really fun games. They have amazing characters like uh, Zoltan. Um, for a tragic arc for a side character, the what's his name, Baron there. Oh, the Baron. Yeah. Oh yeah, the one with the his family all getting terrible. Well, he's a little drunk. Deserved most of what he got. Still felt bad for him. <laughs> Screw that guy. He deserved it though. Well, I mean, see, he's he's a drunk, and he beats his family, and then they run away, and he's trying to find them, and then, like, 
bad he, things happen to them, and then he's being haunted by a, a dead baby. Well, he mm. beat his pregnant wife until she miscarried. Yeah. And then he's being haunted by the dead baby. Um, That's what, frightening. What are they called? The dead babies? Uh, uh, botchlings? Either, yeah, botchlings or lubberkins, depending on how certain botchling, things played out. Botchling, like, freaking, like, just the creepiest thing in the world. Yeah, the, those monsters are <sighs> amazing and creepy. It's the... Dis, like, the stillborn fetus warped into a monster that hunts down and drinks the blood of pregnant women. The fuck? I know. Yeah. So, like, when you go to solve this problem, there's this fetus creature that you either have to fight or... Uh, what do you do? Put it under the man- the threshold of the house and bury it? So yeah. It Let's see. He had to um, bury it, give it, like, proper services. <laughs> she had to be named. It, yeah. Yeah, the father, the one that killed her, had to name her, and, like, he was remorseful, and, like, he had a nice character arc. Yeah. And then he had this, the Lubberkin that was actually protecting the household because she was part of the dynasty. Good, it helped him, at least in my playthrough. I had to do the nice thing, and I had to watch my friend hang. <laughs> but I got his uh, rent card afterwards, so that was good. Because I couldn't beat him in a, I could not. The beat Witcher him. games? <laughs> they seem really them. fucked up. They're yeah. amazing. Um, it basically takes the monster myths of every culture in the world and makes yeah. them reality. There's a lot of so Polish because it's, it's it was yeah. written from a Polish guy. So there's a lot of Polish things and like Czech stuff. And then there's also a ton of Welsh because there's always a lot of Welsh. So much fun. <laughs> yeah. And. Uh, it, it's really good. You should play them. The first one as a game isn't that awesome, but you know you can import is it into like second game. Is it like open world or is it more like linear? The third one's completely open, yeah. but it has a quest, like a main story that you go through and tons of side things to do. Oh, yeah. Um, the first two are a little bad. bit more linear, <laughs> but you can still like choose whatever quest you're going to do. Did I can you never do get uh, off my Dota two obsession? <laughs> Did you do Hearts of Stone? Yes. Oh, I mean, okay. I watched Damon do it. Okay, because that talk about a fantastic story. Yeah, though that was also amazing characters themselves. That, yeah. Um, Yo. The bad guy Gaunter Odim. Oh my God, he's creepy. He's like, he probably is literally is the, devil. the devil. He is the devil. Yeah. And he makes a, a, a bargain with you, much like a, a fae. I had this argument. It's like, he seems like a fairy. And he's like, no, it's it's just the devil. What are you talking about fairies? It's like, Dresden, fairies, come on. He's the devil. So what he does for kicks is he goes around fulfilling people's wishes and adds in horrible consequences to everything he does. Of course. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. for bits and giggles. Because he's the, the devil and he's an asshat. Pretty he much. He also can control time. Yeah. So a couple of times he just pauses it. Pauses time and you talk to him. And at one point, there's this character in a bar that keeps interrupting him. So he pauses time and sticks a spoon in the dude's eye. And it looks like a glitch. It looks like the game is glitching out. But then he starts time again and the dude's dead. And he just says, like, he will not interrupt me again. That sticks the spoon in his eye. It's creepy. He's amazing. It like he just pauses time and pushes the mm-hmm. spoon all the way to his eye. And he's like, yeah, whatever. Like I think in it. 
in that same point, he just put a fly in someone's soup because they pissed him off. He's just <laughs> trying to destroy everything slowly. Does... <laughs> What's his name? Uh... Gaunter? Or no, uh, um, Olgeard. Yeah. You felt bad for him. Yeah. I, I really like the thing about his wife or that, you know, the story. Olgeard oh, yeah. made a deal wife. with Gaunter and now Gaunter's trying to get like his payment and therefore he has to fulfill a certain things and he's paying Geralt to do it, sort of. More like um, trapping him into doing it. And then you have to like go through his past and solve all his things. So you like go to his old Geard's brother's grave, resurrect him sort of for a day, and go to a party so the guy has the time of his life in your own body. And he's like he's oh, constantly fighting with you about what to do. Like you don't want to like make a ruckus. He wants to get drunk and fight with people. And then And sleep with everyone you walk by. Oh god, yeah. Especially and, Shani. And... Yeah, specifically Shani. Um and then <laughs> You have you go through this dude's uh, married life, and all of the reasons that his marriage failed, and his wife died, and then terrible heartbreak things. It's, yeah, it's amazing games. Everyone needs but to play. They have amazing characters because that's the topic that we're supposed to be talking about: is characters. Yeah, but he makes a deal with the devil, and his deal backfires, obviously. Right. And everything he loves goes away. Because what happens when you make a deal with the devil, it doesn't go well. Yeah, he makes, what is he, he, makes it, he makes a deal with the devil to have the to get his fortune back to keep his wife's lifestyle, and in the process loses his emotions, basically. Yeah. And he's also unable to die. And, and immortality, that's there's, helpful, too. There's, yeah. there's a story arc in the Spider-Man comic books where Spider-Man makes a deal with the devil and nothing bad happens to him. It's super weird. What? That that doesn't no. Every time that there's a deal, it has to be bad. It's like all of the happy books do that. Well, I mean, I call them happy books that make me happy. It's like there's something that gets like wrong. Make a deal with a fae, and then it happens badly. Telling you, you're scaring me, Alex. I'm like these books make God. me happy because people die <laughs> and there's murder. It's not and that they, they get die. It's like you don't like. The part that makes me happy is like in Hearts of Stone, he tries to be very clever about when Gaunter can make, uh, get what he's paid. And he says that they have to be standing on the moon. How do you get to the moon? It's not possible, right? Well, what Gaunter does is tricks them to be standing on like this mosaic of a moon. And that's enough. So it's always, it's the clever thing. How do you trick them into to doing it even though, or say it cleverly enough that they don't do it. I really like those clever things. Uh-huh. Telling you. Cut you in your sleep. I have never stabbed anyone. <laughs> Be sure. I'm, There's I'm like pretty sure. two time zones separating us, so that's good. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, I Alex. I just got to pick on you. It's a must <laughs> at this point. I'll tell Santa on you. <laughs> tell Santa to be mean to you. <laughs> so, um, I suppose there's, as we're talking about games, there's always characters with plot points, and yet they're still, in the Witcher games, they still like feel like full people, which is great. They still have like motivations and flaws. Like they're trying to 
like get more out of you and you can haggle with them and stuff. And that's something that's really important in things like books is like, I know that they're only for the purpose of like showing up to die, but they could still seem human. Right. And yeah, there I think it, really it has, great characters in games, especially like the Bioshock games, like Bioshock infinite. There's some really great characters in there. Like Booker's great. The twins are really creepy, but good. The twins are great. Oh, they just show up in those random spots. Yeah. Oh, I like those characters. It's like I know. The, the weird traveling characters that just like, why the fuck are you here? Like, it's confusing. And one of them, you're going up this gondola thing, and if you look at the side, they're just standing on this random platform. Isn't that something that happened in Half Life Two? It's like I barely played that thing. I played like a half an hour's worth of it, but uh, after I was failing at it badly, my husband pointed out, like, you know, that old guy has been watching you at various points. It's oh, like, yeah. oh no, I didn't. I was trying too hard to steer the boat. <laughs> the Half Life One is a great game. I haven't played two, but Half Life One. Two is good too. Two's decent. I just I don't remember why I stopped. I think I just felt bad of stealing the computer. <laughs> That's the biggest thing that stopped me from playing games. <laughs> Still forgot how creepy Gontaro Dim is. He's amazing. But, okay, I think we're at an hour and we've, we've not talking about books anymore. Yeah, I think we've uh, gone off the rails. These, these podcasts are always hard when you've already done them. You're like, oh, God damn it. <laughs> so it's, it's hard to like re be as passionate about the second time around. Yeah, and hoping to not be repetitive. So let's mm-hmm. just talk about games we never talked about before. Of course, yeah. when you lose an episode, you start feeling repetitive, but you're not sure. Yeah. Yeah, so that was weird. We don't know exactly what our schedule is going to be because two weeks from today is Christmas, which is crazy and that it's so close already. God, I hope everything gets here in time. And two weeks from then, I will be in Orlando. Yeah. At Disney but World. See. Woohoo. But let's Disney. see. All of Broken Jars. I, I hope everyone, I hope, really hope everyone, I'll yell at people who don't show up. It's like <laughs> we're going to do like this secret Santa exchange end of the year thingy, I hope. And get really shmammered and talk shit. <laughs> Yeah, and we'll talk about like the year of broken jars since we started in January, right? So. Yeah. Uh, yep. We. <sighs> I think our first big phone call about like really like combining was Super Bowl Sunday last year. Something like that, yeah. Because we did a, a Dresden podcast on Super Bowl Sunday, and I think that's right around then is when you mm-hmm. started talking about it. And then we did it shortly after. So it's like, this is the first year of Broken Jars, and let's do Secret Santa, and then everyone's going to get drunk and celebrate and talk <laughs> about it. I don't know when, because we have five time zones to do that with. Well, I mean, if you if you want to talk about, like, time zone, time zones, I mean, between you and... <laughs> Andreas, Andreas, yeah, it's like, five. What, is it... It's no, five. Bet- between me and him, it's five. Between you, it's like seven, right? No, not five hours. Five time zones. Yeah, I know. But wouldn't that be hours? Wait, I don't yeah. know. Whenever I send a message on Slack, and it's like, oh, by the way, it's going to be over five time zones. It's like, yeah, I know. Whatever. So I always think it's... Where is he? Maybe Denmark. I mean, because that, that's like way over there let's see okay i don't know what slack is saying but yeah because he's like gmt and i'm gmt minus seven so it should be seven but i don't 
Yeah, that's Sokka's right. is lying to me. Yeah, because he's UTC plus one and you're minus seven, right? Wait, that's eight. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's a lot yeah. of time zones. Well, yeah. what time is it? It's 10 of midnight there. It is almost 4 p.m. right here. So that's seven hours. Yep. Cool. <laughs> or eight hours. Yeah, whatever. There's the riveting conversation to have on a podcast. <laughs> what else have we got going on? I'm doing more Justin things on the 17th, which is like six days from today. And it's going to be Jacob's brother again talking about religion in Dresden. Cool. I didn't realize he's coming back on so soon. Yeah. Doing it a little bit earlier in the time zone so that Justin can go to a party since his baby turned one year old like yesterday, I think. Man, can't believe we've been doing this for a year year already. Yeah. Uh, Great Scott still doing things next week, right? Mm Mm-hmm. The 17th. No, 18. So come get your officeness in. Um, we are in season three, so it's a good time to be listening. So yeah, I didn't. Uh, I didn't know I was so far ahead of you guys. Still not finished, but oh, I didn't know you were watching. Where are you? Uh, Michael left. Okay, so you're what season eight? Yeah. Who's the manager? Andy. Okay, at season eight. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's fun still but then we just like i'm stopping for a few months <laughs> well if you ever want to come on you're more than welcome to if you want to give a fresher fame perspective instead of people <laughs> like us who have seen it like at least 10 times i should you not i've seen it at least 10 times for indian yeah i just have the same conversation with the dresden people it's like oh you've only read it three times ah. <laughs> <laughs> I've only read it once. Same. There's shame on books. There's so many books. I have like 15 books that people have gotten me for gifts that are just sitting there waiting for Great, me to I've read Stormfront like three times, four times, but... Just go through the rest of the series. <laughs> but it's awesome. I'm, I'm, I'm on Death Mass right now, but like I only listen to audiobooks really when... I'm eating lunch and before I start writing. So I've got like 10 to 20 minutes a day that I can listen to. I do it while doing housework. So I just have my headphones in when I'm washing dishes and scrubbing things, doing laundry. Cool. Yeah, don't have a response to that. (laughs) Okay, yeah. Everyone say goodbye so we can quit boring our listeners. I'm so sorry, listeners. It's terrible and it's all because of me. No, technically it's because of me because I accidentally... But my computer blew up the last episode. All our faults. Colin, you're getting some too, I guess. I didn't do anything. (laughs) All right. Y'all have a good one, everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye.